All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 69, and the Harbaugh's ruined my entire weekend. Um, that's the that's really the only way to summarize my weekend in sports is that the Harbaugh family just absolutely destroyed all of my happiness, my hopes, my dreams, and one foul swoop this weekend. Um, so obviously we're going to get into that because it was a very important weekend of football and neither of my teams were able to get it done, unfortunately. Um, it's weird. I feel like I'm hitting that point of numbness in the football season. During the seasons where things just repeatedly aren't going well, you kind of hit that point where you're just a little bit numb to it. And the losses don't even hurt as much because I think you start to expect them a little more. Like earlier on in the season, the loss to the Chiefs or the loss to the Chargers, some of those really stung a lot more and hurt a lot more because there was so much hope in the season and they were, you know, games decided by one one big play or one penalty, uh, and we played somewhat decently in those games. Uh, these games where we don't play decently, I almost don't get as upset because I don't feel like we were ever in it or should have won that matchup in the first place uh, from the moment that the ball was first kicked off. Um, and that's how I feel about the Browns and Ravens game from this weekend, probably one of the ugliest games I've ever watched in my life. But um, I'm going to get into OSU and that team up north first, and then we'll get into the Browns and Ravens. Um, so obviously we lost. <laughs> uh, Michigan's defense was insane. They completely stopped the run the entire time our defense on the other side, did not have an answer for their run game. Uh, and our defense in general just had no answer. And I think that this offseason, I do think there's going to be some serious questions about what we can do to improve in that area because it has been a point of concern the entire season. I just don't think we had a matchup in quite some time that really challenged that where we needed our defense to step up in that way. We've had a lot of plenty of blowouts in in some more recent weeks, um, and in those games, you don't need your defense to to step up as much if your offense is able to really just carry the game. We needed them in this game, and and they weren't able uh, to make the improvements we needed throughout this season to be able to fight in this game, and it, it was unfortunate. Um, I really feel like. It was bound to happen at some point in time, though. I'm upset that we lost. I would like to win that game every single year if it's possible, but uh, it wasn't going to go on like this forever. The last time we had lost that game was in 2011, which is insane. We've been very lucky over really the last two decades in general, and I think we might have needed this kick in the rivalry game to get ourselves re-motivated again and to be able um, to put some fire into this rivalry again. And, you know, I was kind of reflecting on the rivalry when I was reading Kirk Herbstreet's book, which I talked about a few episodes ago, because uh, obviously during his time at Ohio State and just in his career in general, talked a lot about this matchup. And it's crazy how often we used to lose that game and how far Ohio State has come as a program in general. I think sometimes we take for granted how good we have been, at least in my lifetime, 
how good we have consistently been that um, there were a lot of years where it did not look as as pretty as it has in the last two decades. So um, it's never going to be perfect. uh, And that's fine. I'm never going to be happy with losing this rivalry game. Like I said, I, I would love to, for a hundred years straight, I would love to win that game, but that's not how rivalry games work. They wouldn't exist if one team won every matchup for a hundred straight years. Uh, my only other big takeaway though, is I would really, really, really love for Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave to be on the Cleveland Browns next season. I'm just putting it out there into the universe now that it would be so wonderful if we could get one of those receivers to be on the Cleveland Browns. I would just be forever grateful for that. Uh, So we'll see what happens. Who knows at at this rate where the Browns are going to fall in the draft order. So you never know. You really never know. Okay, so getting in to the Browns and Ravens now. Like I said, probably the ugliest game of all time. It's it's pretty funny in comparison to the last time we played the Ravens, which was, I want to say that was early December, maybe. Uh, it was the Monday night football game. The final score was 47 to 42, which is a extreme difference from this game where literally no one wanted to score. I think both teams were doing their best to not score. The final was 16 to 10, uh, and it was it was ugly. Um, Baker was 18 of 37. There were a lot of drops in that, so not all on him. Certainly a lot of other of our weapons, both tight ends and receivers, uh, had some really boneheaded moments. Again, uh, he had 247 yards, one touchdown. Uh, there were ugly moments for us. Jarvis Landry, that trick play where he fumbled was so bizarre and completely ruined any momentum we had going in that moment. Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb did not have a lot of production, and it seems like part of that was the choice of the coaching staff. Cream had 20 rushing yards, while Nick Chubb only had 16. We just never really established the run at all in the game. Uh, the defense played great, so that is a good thing. Obviously, Lamar threw four interceptions, which you would think we would win a game when the opposing quarterback throws four interceptions, but we were not able to really score off of those interceptions. Uh, there was one for Ronnie Harrison, who honestly has not been that great this season, uh, one for John Johnson, one for Grant Delpit, and one for Denzel Ward. So spreading the love on those, it was good to see um, those guys create some turnovers. Um, Lamar is, is an, such an interesting player, and I, I can never quite wrap my head around him because it's insane that he can have one absolutely insane throw to Mark Andrews where he almost got sacked by three different guys, uh, and he had no fear in doing that. And that's one thing you have to give to Lamar is that his mistakes throughout the game don't scare him. He was throwing interceptions. He wasn't playing well. But in that moment, he still just went for it. It was an incredibly risky throw, but he trusted his guy out there, and he trusts his teammates, and hey, I mean, they made it happen. It's it's hard because I want to keep calling the Ravens frauds from a lot of the games that they've had this season and the way they've ended and the way they've gotten lucky so many times, but sometimes that's just good programs finding ways to win even in the craziest moments. And, I mean, they've got Justin Tucker, who is an 
absolutely unreal kicker, one of the greatest of all time. Um, and that helps them in a lot of situations. And at some point, it, it's not just luck. It's they are just a program that finds ways to win. Lamar is a quarterback that finds ways to win, even when he has four interceptions and so many boneheaded plays. They figured it out, and uh, we were not able to respond at any point in time. Uh, and it, it was frustrating to watch. Um, I am a little bit tired of the discourse that's been going on this season. A lot of people gloating about Baker's downfall, Browns fans specifically, very uh, happy to be right about him not playing well, which is unfortunate to see. Uh, I don't think you have to tell everyone every single time that um, you were right about him not playing well every single time he makes a bad throw to let everyone know that. I just, I think it's it's not a great look, and I feel like we we just need to come together a little bit more. I understand, I understand it's been frustrating, and I am right there with you, but I'm never going to gloat about anyone on our team not performing uh, the way I know that they can because it's unfortunate. I want everyone to do well, and we can point out what's wrong in the criticisms without really cheering for people's downfall. It's just been kind of weird to watch the way that's happened this this season uh but as frustrated as I am with the discourse right now I know that the reason it's happening is because this is truly one of the most passionate fan bases in the world I would not want to be a part of any other group of people in a fan base I still believe with my whole heart that we deserve great things in Cleveland, a great team, great players, and I don't want the negativity from me or anyone else about this season to make people think that this isn't an awesome team and an awesome fan base. It's a rough time right now, no doubt about that. There's a lot wrong, and it's hard to know where to even start with fixing the issues that that we have, but I am grateful for the fan base we have. I'm grateful for every person who listens to this because they love to engage in talking about the Cleveland Browns and listening to other people talk about the Cleveland Browns. I am grateful for the people who put their entire heart and soul into Sundays like I do because it's a great community to be a part of even when we are struggling and not playing up to our standards. It's still an awesome thing when you think about the community that this sports team has formed. Um, There are fan bases who do not have half the passion that this fan base has. And, you know, it makes our highs really high and our lows really, really low. But it's still one of the best organizations that I would want to be a part of because I want to be around people who care as much as I do. So if you hate everyone on our team, you love everyone on your team, I'm happy that you are a fan of the Cleveland Browns and that we have a great community here regardless of the outcome of the season and I just wanted to say that because I feel like there's been so much negativity um, that we forget how awesome it is that we're able to watch a professional football team in our city every single week Uh, and I think that is one of my favorite things in life so I don't want to take that for granted ever. Okay, (laughs) so that's just my little rant about that. Um, Also, one other positive from the game, gotta say, JOK really is everything 
that we wanted him to be for this program. We brought him in to be literally a Lamar stopper, and he was honestly everything we could have asked for and more. And I still really believe that's a guy we can build around, and I, I look forward to continuing to do that with him. Um, so that was a huge bright spot in the game for me, man. He was just flying all over the field, and it was really good to see that. So hopefully we get to see more of that in the future, maybe potentially in two weeks after the bye week when we have a chance to play the Ravens again. Look, I don't have any predictions for how that game's going to go because <laughs> we are, we'll be coming off a bye, so hopefully we feel somewhat healthy. Um, obviously, still have some rough injuries happening. Conklin is now out because of a horrible injury that he suffered very early on in the game, so that's unfortunate. But hopefully some of our other guys can get a little bit healthier and maybe we can come out and win that game, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, the last thing I wanted to do for this episode, something a little bit different. Uh, So I want to say it would be like episode 56 or so. It was at the start or before the NFL season started. I gave my preseason award predictions for what was going to happen during the season. And I thought it would be kind of fun to look back on those now, see how I did, see what things made me sound really stupid, (laughs) what things made me sound like I knew exactly what I was talking about, uh, even though we're all just guessing. So I wanted to get into some of those now. Okay, so for MVP, I selected Josh Allen at the time. Um, I still think preseason that made sense for the pick I don't think he is going to win this award but I'm also not sure who is going to win this award at all this year there really is not a clear answer on who the MVP is in the league right now because man so many of the great quarterbacks especially have had some you know really incredible games and then some really insanely awful games uh, that kind of took away their chances of winning it. So I actually have no idea who is going to win this, but uh, I do not think it's going to be Josh Allen. So unfortunately, I think I missed the mark on that one. Defensive player of the year, I picked Miles Garrett. Still stand by this. Still think it's very possible based on his individual stats. 14 sacks on the season. He's just been lighting it up. And I had mentioned at the time when I, I made that selection, he really hasn't been able to put together one entire season that would give him this award. There was COVID last year. There was the Mason Rudolph incident from a few years ago where he ended up being suspended for a couple games. There's always been a reason that he hasn't been able to win it. And fingers crossed, knock on wood, nothing happens for the rest of the year. Um, And I still think he has a really great shot at winning that. Offensive Rookie of the Year, it it makes me mad that I got this definitely right. I said Mac Jones, and you know, it checks out. (laughs) And looking back at what I said, I think this was, out of all of the picks I made, the smartest I sounded when making my selection, because uh, where you land matters, and we could all probably guess before the season how it would eventually go for him in New England. I don't know if we all realized how quickly that turnaround would happen, but I think most people saw it coming. Um, And when I went back and listened to what I said during it, it 
it literally upsets me how much I nailed it because I said the Patriots did everything to set him up for success in the offseason and put the right pieces around him. And I think that's what we're seeing with the Patriots right now. Their defense is playing incredible. Uh, Mac Jones doesn't have to do too much for them. Uh, He has the opportunity to show off here and there, but uh, in general, they have a good run game. Like I said, defense is really good. Uh, So they have multiple ways to win games. And I think that's making Mac Jones more comfortable uh, because he doesn't have to have the entire burden of the team on his back. Uh, And he's playing better than any other rookie quarterback at this point. He's in a better position than the rest of them. So feels like it's continuing to trend in that direction. Unfortunately for me, I was right. (laughs) Uh, Defensive rookie of the year, I said Micah Parsons, and then I gave JOK as my sleeper pick. Don't think JOK is going to win just because of he was out for a few weeks on the IR, and I just think it'll be extremely hard for him to win that award. But Micah Parsons is still the favorite, leading in in the odds on that, and he once again has been everything that people expected him to be and more. Uh, So was probably right about that one too. Now we get into the division winners, which is where it gets kind of interesting. Um, I hit some pretty well so far, and I've missed some pretty extremely. Um, the AFC East, I said the Bills were going to win that division. They are 7-4 and four right now, second place behind New England. Still have the potential to win their division, but something tells me that the Patriots are going to run this thing out and win the division, but could be, so... Not super wrong on that one, but also might be wrong. (laughs) AFC North, I obviously picked the Browns. (laughs) And yeah, that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. AFC South, I picked the Titans, who are first right now. They're eight and four. Um, And something interesting with um, what I said when I listened back to that segment was I questioning just Derrick Henry's durability and what they would be without him if something happened because they put so much on his shoulders in their offense and that is exactly what happened um but I still think uh the Titans are probably going to be a playoff team Uh, I just think they might have peaked at the wrong time and obviously we are seeing the gaping hole now of losing Derrick Henry so Not sure how much success they're going to have in the postseason. AFC West, I said the Chiefs. Um, They're 7-4, first in the division right now. It's funny, if I would have done this segment four weeks ago, I would have probably said, wow, you got this pick so wrong, and uh, they've turned their season around. It it turned out to be um, what we thought not quite what we thought they were going to be. Um, They've shown moments of being the Chiefs we thought they could be, but they still have some issues they need to work out. Um, I just think we threw them down so much after they had a couple bad losses and a couple bad games that we forget that it's still Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're still going to be a good team that's going to go out there and compete. So um, I st- I will never not put them in the potential for a Super Bowl contender. I think they always have the potential to do that. Um, when you if you put them out there in a playoff game, just I don't want to I don't want to bet against them. Okay, so for the NFC East, I said Washington, who is third in the division, and they are four and six right now. It was funny because I kind of basically bashed the Cowboys for that entire segment. Um, 
and was pretty wrong about them. Although I still, I'm not totally confident in the Cowboys, but um, definitely should not have picked Washington uh, as the best team in that division. Um, but the NFC East is a weird one, and they've been a weird one for, for a little bit of time now. All right, the NFC North, I picked the Packers pretty much right on that one. They're 9-3 and three right now in first place. Feel like they are definitely going to win their division and potentially big playoff run. They're one of the only complete teams that we are seeing out there right now, and I, I think they have a legitimate shot of winning the Super Bowl this year. So good pick there. NFC South, I picked the Buccaneers, who are also first in their division. 8-3, and three, uh, once again, had to pick the returning Super Bowl champs. They returned their entire their entire start starting lineup, but uh, they've had a lot of injuries that they've been battling this season, and they've struggled with those at times. But um, if they can get healthy at the right time, I don't see any reason why they can't make another run. NFC West, I picked the Rams, who are second right now behind Arizona. Um, they're seven and four. I definitely doubted. Um, what Arizona was going to be able to do this season. I, I did not see them playing as well as they've played, uh, even with Kyler Murray out a lot and Colt McCoy stepping in. Um, they've still been a really great program, uh, so definitely underestimated what they could do. And my Super Bowl prediction was the Buccaneers versus the Bills, uh, which isn't a horrible prediction, but if I could pick right now, I would maybe say and I'm, I might regret this, but Packers versus Patriots, just based on right now at this moment, if the playoffs were to start today, I think those are the two teams that I would pick. Um, they're playing the best football right now. They seem to have uh, the most complete teams on both sides of the ball. Uh, a lot can change, obviously, injury-wise with the rest of the season and just slumps that players go through and who's peaking at the right time. But if I were to pick right now, I think that's what I would do. Um, which very unexpected, man. Who who would have thought I would be putting the Patriots there? I remember before the season started, I listened to a couple podcasts where some people who are, I would call them Patriots homers, were putting the Patriots in their Super Bowl prediction. And I thought it was the craziest thing I had ever heard in my entire life. Like, absolutely insane. I was like, these people are just homers. There's no way that's going to happen. There is no way the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. And if you told me now that the Patriots were going to the Super Bowl, it would not surprise me in the slightest. So that's football, and that's why we play the games. <laughs> So yeah, I thought it would be fun to go through those and just see how I was stacking up. Not too bad in general. I didn't. I don't think I said anything too crazy or too opposite of what actually happened. But um, who knows? A couple weeks left to go, and um, some things might change. So we shall see. But that is all I have for you guys today. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. Got some time to relax, watch some football. Um, and we've got Christmas and everything coming up, just a fun, exciting time of year. And I hope you all get some time to enjoy it and just appreciate the time with your families. Um, if you could also share this podcast with your friends and families when you are with them during the holidays, that would be great. Uh, also you or your family or your friends could leave a reviewer rating and that would be cool too. So 
that's all I have to say today. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, just we're going to make it through this season. It's going to be okay. When, when it's bad, we will appreciate it that much more when things are good at some point someday. We just got to keep pushing through, keep loving our team, and it will be fine. Thanks for listening.